Fred Film Radio. Interview. You're listening to Fred Film Radio, Benedicto Pro. I'm covering for you the 20th edition of the Marrakesh Film Festival. And we're talking today with Karolina Markovic and her lead actress, Maeve Jenkins, about your uh, second feature film, Carolina Pedaju Tow, after Carvan Charcoal. Hello, Carolina. Hello, Maeve. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us. We are happy to speak to you. Me too. Also because Carvin was a, a real discovery. I really like the, your very special voice. And uh, in Carvin, it was, uh, it was the story of a family who didn't take too much convincing to um, exchange the grandpa against uh, a drug lord that needed protection, that needed hiding. Um, and what, uh, what I find interesting is that both films, uh, uh, Cole and Uh, Toll have really uh, one word impactful names that refer to the jobs of uh, the the people uh, inside the movie, but also a sort of moral zone. It's funny because you are speaking about the one word name, and, and it's something that came after because Carvão wasn't supposed charcoal. Carvão wasn't supposed to be called by that. It had a different name, so in the last minute it was changed for Carvão, Charcoal, because the main location that I decided to use was a, ch a charcoal mine, mm -hmm. and everything was uh, among the charcoal, and it was related to everything, and it was a good metaphor for everything, and became a character. Mm -hmm. But it was not supposed to be like that, and tall was always tall, so it's it's quite a different process but it makes sense right now so it's funny to to hear that and and think about that how how it makes sense today and yeah absolutely i think they are both tales of the elasticity of the the moral you know how people take decisions and how they they deal with that you know and how moral is can be something very flexible mm -hmm depending on what's going on. The, the parallels between the two films are, are, are not, I mean, it's a, um, a route we can follow just up to a certain point, obviously. Uh, also, you were already in that first movie, uh, Meve. But uh, in both cases, there is the issue of uh, characters doing whatever is necessary to obtain money, to get money. Is it something that uh, you think is an important theme to treat, uh, to deal about uh, Brazil or Brazilian characters? I don't know about Brazilian characters, and I wouldn't say they are they are reaching out only money. I think they are, for instance, in Tol, she is trying to do what she thinks is best for his son, her mm -hmm. son, which is clearly doesn't make any sense, of course, because uh, she wants to change something that won't be changed, and that is not a problem. In Charco, I think it's a bit different. She has a situation, she's so helpless, and there are a lot of convenient things that come with money that is, of course, very convenient in a capitalist world, but she also is, she, she feels, I think in both films, the mother feels very alone somehow, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and wants to take a radical decision to change things. So mm -hmm. I think she has different, uh, the characters have different motivations, which are related to money because she's part of a social Uh, social uh, part of the society that's vulnerable, a lower class, and it makes you take decisions sometimes that not not there are illegal, but not 
but they are not exactly what you wanted to take. And this, yes, of course, is a is a portrait of uh, the how rough it can be the social differences in uh -huh. Brazil and I think all over the world. But I think um, we are here speaking more about this, as you said, this um, flexible of the moral and and much more than that in Toll, I think we are speaking about the, the inversion of values, you know, mm -hmm. because it's usual that we hear that there that uh, I would rather have a, a son that is a, a robber or a dead son than a gay son, you know, which is mm. insane, but it's very common. And I think Tol, somehow she loves her son, but she's a mother that has learned that sentence, you know. Inside of her, she knows that there's no worse thing for her son and for herself to feel ashamed than mm -hmm. that. So there's this tale where she gets to do, like, actual wrong things, mm -hmm. you know, to change her son so it's some kind of hypocrisy that happens a lot there you know that's always stated there mm -hmm. even for we had a president that would say that he would rather have a, a dead son than a gay son yeah I was I was actually going to ask about the motivations because it's it's quite unclear because she has a beautiful relationship with her son as well and and maybe maybe me if you can tell us a little bit about your character and what you thought of it um, yes because uh, because it, it's not that clear why she would do that what pushes her to to make her son uh, undertake this uh, this surreal uh, conversion therapy yeah I think that as Carolina said she doesn't realize uh, exactly the, the 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 amount of violence that she's uh, um, submitting her her son. Uh, I think this violence is not ideology. It's not. It's this homophobia that she projects all over on her son is not from ideology, but it's something. Uh, Almost mechanical is, mm -hmm. is, is, is by ignorance. So, um, she doesn't realize. I think she's trying, she's trying pretty much to protect him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, cutie is uh, an affection that is very, uh, um, feeling guilty. Cutie is, uh, it's a, an affection that is very present in uh, motherhood. So, She's an, uh, a lonely mother, and maybe she thinks mm -hmm. that is her cutie that he, he he's he's kind of uh, um, a flaw. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and she's trying to correct him. She's trying to protect him. Uh, she doesn't really realizes that this the, the amount of violence that she's she's submitting him, but uh, definitely he they they have a, re a very strong relationship, a mm -hmm. love uh, relationship. I want to say because uh, we're talking about. Th I want the the listeners to realize that your films. Uh, however dark they may be in some ways are very funny because you have a, a knack for uh, making coexist things in an absurd way so it's, it's a lot about uh, a co-living, co strange co-livings you know like the, the song of uh, the choir that interprets uh, the, the famous song Mosa, Mosa, Asi, Mosa, Mimata just the ridiculous moments, absurdist situations do those conversions exist? Uh, how did you make up this pastor character? Carolina, I just want to to put uh, say some 
sentence more from what Maevi was answering that in Brazil we don't have only homophobics who are fundamentalist religious I mean there's uh -huh. people who are not even religious and they don't want a gay son because it's so inside of the society that people don't realize it anymore mm -hmm. so you don't see that people that go to church every day and are evangelicals or even Catholics or not, they're like people who are Not even not religious, you know. So for me, that was very important to portray this character that mm -hmm. was not like a very strict religious character because it's totally part of our day by day. And coming back to the character of the pastor, um, it is not exactly based on a program, on a gay conversion program, but we see very commonly in Brazil in the politicians. Mm -hmm. Life in the political life in Brazil, like in the Congress, every every week maybe that people go there and say like bizarre and ridiculous thing about the LGBT community. For instance, the the ex the former minister of human rights who now is a senator, a very well voted senator. She says that kids cannot play with frozen dolls because they are lesbian. They go with wigs in the Congress, making fun of the transgender population. One guy which was a pastor, a very voted deputy also from from a state in, in Brazil, he went to the Congress and he was like saying all the synonyms for like genitals, that man, it's it's unbelievable. So we have this unbelievable unbelievably ridiculous environment mm -hmm. towards the LGBT community, trying to make the LGBT community ridiculous, which in fact who is ridiculous are they. Mm -hmm. So my idea was to portray this bizarre conver conversion place to to show the ridiculousness that we are living right now, you know, with these people speaking these things and mm -hmm. doing these things and and they keep being very powerful, they keep being very voted, you know, so how come we don't realize that, you know, this is unbelievable. Yeah, and the colleague actually, the colleague who uh, tells uh, Sue Ellen to go see this pastor has herself uh, a bit of a sex addict, so I mean, there's this hypocrisy that is reflected also in this character. Sure, I think this is very common in conservative places, you know, like they, it's all about the family and God and, you know, people think that if they are, like, uh, very good enough to, to be part of, you know, uh, God's place and speak about the family and everything, but nobody lives the exact life they perform, right? So I think this this character is very... It was a way, of course, it's it's an exaggeration of this hypocrisy that we have in these very um, conservative societies like we do have in Brazil. This is very common. Do you want to add anything about this? No? Well, I think your your film says it all, and I think people should really see it because it's wonderful and it's a riot of of, of intelligence and fun and cinematic uh, brilliance. So thank you so much, Caroline Markovic, and thank you so much, Maeve Jenkins, for this interview. Thank Bye -bye. you. A pleasure to speak to you. Thank you. Fred, 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 twenty four seven on Fred FM and smartphone app.